0: So let's complete our series on what Paul taught Timothy. Um, my title today is Remain Faithful and Useful. And the reading is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. And I read from the Amplified Version. You already know that all who are in Asia turned away and forsook me, Phygelus and Hermogenes among them, May the Lord grant his mercy to the family of Onesiphorus, for he often showed me kindness and ministered to my needs, comforting and reviving, embracing me like fresh air. He was not ashamed of my chains and imprisonment, for Christ's sake. No, rather, when he reached Rome, he searched diligently and eagerly for me and found me. May the Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord on that great day. And you know how many things he did for me and what a help he was at Ephesus. You know better than I can tell. So we continue our journey with what was a foundation chapter for the rest of 2 Timothy. In that Paul was really trying to give Timothy the very, very best of teaching to ensure that he would keep going forward in his faith and in his ministry and in his call. So this verse 15, it says, you already know that all who are in Asia turned away and forsook me. Can you imagine Paul's loneliness at being abandoned? The only one who was with him was Luke. How how would you feel? You're abandoned by everybody you've ever known. Who were a support to you would you feel despair anger resentment would you be blaming god for the predicament that you found yourself in that it's god's fault yet we see that paul declares earlier how he knows who he believes in he's not complaining instead he's abandoned and he's lonely but he's lifting the name of the Lord up. He's reiterating his heart toward Jesus Christ in a difficult time. But this abandonment also caused Paul pain. We have to acknowledge that. Perhaps more than the persecution that he was suffering because of his faith. The pain of being left by those he had nurtured, that those he'd taught, those he'd supported, those he'd lifted up. He was abandoned by his brothers and his sisters in the Lord. And perhaps that was more painful than being persecuted because he was serving Jesus Christ. He even named two specific people, and we don't know for sure why they left, why they abandoned him. Were they fearful of suffering and having the same end as Paul? Or perhaps they were like some that are described in the scripture I'm about to share in Matthew 13 verses 20 and 21. Matthew 13 verses 20 and 21 it says as for what was sown on rocky ground this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word Immediately he falls away. Could that be what happened with those who abandoned Paul? That they were never really rooted, never grounded. That they received the word with joy and and everything was, life is wonderful. And as soon as trouble came, they fled. Paul was saying to Timothy earlier on, don't be ashamed, you are going to suffer. Paul was reiterating to Timothy, In the suffering, keep going, keep going, yet those abandoned him. Earlier on in this chapter in verse 3, we see Paul describes himself as having a clear or a pure conscience. This leads me to believe he had already forgiven all those who abandoned him. So why did he bring it up? Why did he mention it at all? And before I answer that question, let me ask you a question. Do you forgive those who have hurt you? Have you truly forgiven the past? Can you let go of the past at all? You see, Paul was remembering these things for a divine purpose. His heart was pure, he says. He had a pure conscience. So he wasn't bringing up by way of complaining that he'd been left alone. He wasn't bringing up His abandonment so that he could attack or he could just show or vent anger. He had forgiven the abandonment. He had let go, even towards the end of his life, he had let go of everything that could stop him from glorifying the Lord. But there was a purpose why he would bring it up. And the sole purpose was to teach Timothy, not to ever be named among those who would abandon the faith. Paul was simply using this example to encourage Timothy, stay faithful. Don't be named among them. Forgive, move on, fix your eyes on that goal, on Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed, remember those messages from him. So let's look at the contrast. In verse 16, so we have those who abandoned Paul, we have the pain that he would have suffered, we have the fact that he let go so that he could still glorify God. So in verse 16 he says, May the Lord grant his mercy to the family of Onesiphalos, for he often showed me kindness and ministered to my needs, comforting and reviving, embracing me like fresh air. He was not ashamed of my chains and imprisonment, for Christ's sake. The first thing that jumps out at me here is that the act of one man affected his family members. So much so that Paul remembered his family and asked for mercy for them because of Onesiphorus' kindness. So the family were affected by his good works by his good deeds. It's possible that by this point Onesiphorus had passed away already because in chapter 4 later on, Paul says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and to the household of Onesiphorus. So it's possible he had gone, but even then, Paul is still remembering what he did. He said that he often showed kindness, and I have to come back to this area of forgiveness. I don't know why today. But my question is this. Do you have a brother or a sister who has treated you the way that Paul was boasting about on the Do you have a brother or sister who showed you kindness? Who rescued you from a situation? Who stood by you, stood with you when you were going through something? And if you remember the good things about that brother or sister, do you carry any offence for them today that clouds you remembering what they've done for you? This is a time where we are to let go of offences. This is a time where we are to put aside everything that has hurt us. It's a time to heal. It's a time to forgive and let go. How could Timothy take forward the things that Paul was teaching him to do? How could he minister as he was overseeing the church at Ephesus? If he would be resentful, if he would be angry, if he would not learn and know how to let go of the past. Think about those people that you may now be offended with. Begin to release them, begin to let go. Give that up to the Lord. And remember what they've done for you in the past. Remember how they lifted you up, how they showed you kindness. Imagine that Paul, knowing that he's going to die, still remembers the good things that happened to him. The impact of Onesiphorus's service stayed with Paul even as his death was drawing closer. So he could have thought on the bad things that happened to him, he could have pondered on Those who abandoned him, we could have pondered on the fact that only Luke is left with me and I'm going to die. The Bible reminds us that we should think on things which are of good report, are pure. Paul took that stance and a powerful example in his writings to Timothy. That all he did was encourage Timothy and lifted up the name of Jesus Christ. So coming towards his death, he's still speaking good things he's encouraging he's not moping and moaning because he has let go of the past that's so so important let's look now at verse 17. no rather than being ashamed so he's speaking again about the goodness of Onesiphorus when he reached Rome he searched diligently and eagerly for me and he found me it's a powerful thing here he was determined to locate paul Many of us would go to go and do something, help somebody, make an effort. We can't get hold of them. Something comes in our way and we stop. Oh, well, let me give up. But Onesiphorus, he was determined to find Paul and Paul remembered that. It would have taken effort. He was imprisoned and yet Onesiphorus wanted to find out where he was and serve him and do good. So he put in effort He wasn't afraid, he wasn't ashamed to publicly be Paul's friend at the darkest time in Paul's life. Again, this is the reminder that Timothy had earlier on. Do not be ashamed of the gospel and do not be ashamed to join with me in suffering for the sake of the gospel. Here before him is an incredible example of Onesiphorus. An example of him not being ashamed, of him wanting to join with and be a part of what Paul was suffering. Onesiphorus, the meaning of his name is is bringing profit or useful. And so overall, Paul could declare that he was a useful servant, a useful friend, a useful man in the kingdom of God. Paul finishes in verse 18. May the Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord on that great day. And you know how many things he did for me and what a help he was at Ephesus. You know better than I can tell you. So we know from this that Timothy had experience with Oniphazerous. He was there with him, working with him, seeing the good that he was doing. And Paul is pointing out that that was another great example to follow. And that he should be following good examples, things that would encourage him, things that would lift him, things that would make him stay faithful and continue to do good works. Consider him is what Paul was saying. He stayed faithful. He was useful. He risked being tarnished, a tarnished reputation to do good. He wasn't ashamed, he wasn't afraid. When we look back in this chapter, what we see is, as I said, something that was building a foundation for the rest of 2 Timothy. The whole message is, this is how you are to walk, my friend. We see that Paul had confirmed Timothy's faithful family and how they brought him up in the faith. And Paul was excited that he felt that Timothy was a man of faith and developing more and more in his faith. And he apportioned that to a very good heritage. He he was also thankful, Paul was, for Timothy's faithful service in the past. So in his writings, he's remembering good things. Timothy's faithful and Timothy served me faithfully in the past. Paul's encouragement again here was that Timothy should stand strong against hard times, not buckle, not pull away, not fall away. He was told to fan into flame God's gift and defend the truth of the gospel message. That there was an acknowledgement that there was a call on his life, an acknowledgement that there was the gift of God for him. That is not different from us today. God has called us. God has called you you have gifts you have things to do for the kingdom of God are you going to do them well are you going to stand up and do them well you see it's so easy to be fueled by the wrong thing that seems right today we're hearing voices words we're having ideas that we agree with because they relate to our feelings, our pains. So we're joining with voices, we're joining with words, we're joining with ideas that don't belong to God and don't belong to his kingdom. But with Timothy, he was encouraged to join with Paul and his suffering. And today I want to encourage you, join with the word of God. Join with the kingdom of God. Don't take on the world's thoughts, the world's journeys, the world's causes. Don't hear those voices and those words and because they relate to where you're at, you jump in and agree. Agree with the word of God for our lives because that's what Paul was encouraging Timothy to do. The Bible tells us that God's ways and God's thoughts are not like ours. In other words, they're not like the world's. And often go against our own thought patterns and go against our ideas. We are to remain faithful to the gospel message. So that we can be useful like Onesiphorus. We can be useful like Timothy was being encouraged to do in the kingdom of God. Useful in spreading the gospel unashamedly. Useful in uplifting and supporting our brothers and sisters. So that we can accomplish God's purposes And plans for our lives. I want to encourage us today. Let go of everything that could cause you to be outside of the will of God. Take that same journey as one who has been taught by Paul. Take that same journey of Timothy. Developing, growing, becoming a leader in the kingdom of God. We're on a program now training leaders, training people to be cell leaders. How should our stance be if we are going to be training, if we're going to be developing as cell leaders, as leaders in the kingdom of God? How should that stance be? One where our past is not affecting our today nor our tomorrow. One where we are obeying the word of God. Where we're joining with the kingdom principles and kingdom thinking. I want to encourage us one more time today. Do as Timothy was being encouraged by Paul. Stay faithful to the word of God. Stay faithful to the kingdom of God and be useful in his kingdom. Fulfill and accomplish the purpose that God has ordained for you in your life. In Jesus' name.